I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great episodes of the past. Who were the people in this podcast? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 100 the big celebration. Welcome to Fan of History. I am Dan, a fan of history, and with me are a couple of other fans of history. For example, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? It's been a long time. It has. It's been a while, but it's it's good to be here, and I'm I'm happy to uh, be a part of this. When we started this, did you ever think it would reach 100 episodes? You know, I I wasn't sure when it first started, but I always hoped it would reach 100 episodes, and I'm really excited that that time is finally here. We'll get back to that. We'll have to introduce the others. For example, Bernie. Hello, Hi, Bernie. everyone. Hello, hello. And uh, Brennan. Howdy. How's everybody doing? Wow. All you, all the co-hosts of this show are here. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's exciting. I was very happy to see the uh, email come from Dan. I was like, you know what? I haven't talked to Dan in a while. And then I see <laughs> this and it was oh, brought back all kinds of memories. I'll also have to give a shout out to Anna Erlandsson, Alba Lundström Ramirez and David Oskarsson who were all guests of the show in these first 100 episodes. And also shout out to Soursby for the timeline scripts. But we didn't need any more Swinglish than mine in this episode, so <laughs> see us me and the Americans. Yeah. That's... We're all social distancing. <laughs> we're really social distancing. <laughs> right. I think, I so think how... we've won. We've won the social distancing competition. <laughs> yeah. So is everyone okay? Nobody is suffering from uh, COVID-19. Knock on wood. Yeah, no no one here yet. Yeah. So good. I, I never had allergies, I don't think, but I think I have them. And then every time I go out, I'll start feeling like I have a cold or something. And it starts to freak me out. And then, you know, I go inside and in a couple hours I'm better. So I got to stop doing that. Stop freaking myself out, I should say. Kevin, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. My, my family's doing good, too. Uh, everybody's been well, and we've just been... You know, taking some extra precautions. Uh, my wife works at a hospital, so it's a, a little. It was a little bit nerve wracking at first, but they've taken a lot of precautions to make sure that uh, none of the employees get exposed. So 
we've been we've been fortunate and everybody's well glad to hear that for for the listener we are recording on may 30th so we're still in the middle of the pandemic uh let's uh, go back oh what about brennan your family yeah. are they all okay they are okay um I believe, I was trying to think of what the last update I gave you. My son's doing well. Um, he's growing like a weed, which is to be expected. He's, oh gosh, I guess he's 13 now, if you can believe that. Oh my God. Yeah. We still have, uh, and my daughter, she's in college now. Another crazy thing. That's <laughs> the girl you hear at the end of every episode still. Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Begging really? for money for us. That's wow. <laughs> Yep, she recorded that. And uh, Ash, my cat, you know Ash, good old Ash. He's still he's still kicking. Still he was just... an important part of randomization for Magic Gathering Strat. Yes, <laughs> he uh, he's the sweetest yet dumbest cat on the planet. I don't know. How old how is he now? He is seven. He'll be eight this year. Oh. But yeah, he's everybody's doing well. Donna's doing well. So. Quite happy about that. Glad to hear that. We are going back to the dark ages of 2014 when uh, we had a YouTube channel, Magic Gathering Strat. Mm -hmm. Kevin and Brennan made videos for it. And I got the idea that I wanted to talk about history on YouTube. So I made like these stupid uh, PowerPoint presentations and talked over them. And then, for some reason, I decided to change it into a podcast. Do you remember this conversation, Kevin? I do. I do remember this. What happened? Uh, I remember you. I, I just remember you had uh, you told me, you know, you had done some some of those powerpoints and talked over the over the videos and said, you know, I you, you said I, I think it would be a good idea to do a podcast. And I I remember thinking, well, yeah, yeah, that does sound like a good idea. That sounds like that sounds like the perfect medium to share, you know, information about history rather than YouTube videos. It just seems it just seems like a more uh, more common way of presenting the information. And uh, we kind of went over all the I remember we went over all the sort of advantages and differences of a podcast compared to a YouTube video. And one of the things we both liked about it was uh, the idea of a podcast that is that we can have it be more of a conversation and less of a, you know, a presentation, which yeah. I, I think it engages the listener and yeah, makes for a lot more interesting content. Yeah, I did them both simultaneously for a long while, but in the end I gave up the YouTube videos. And I think this is the right format for it. But how did we get started? Well, we got started. I remember you had, you had written some scripts on, or, you know, outlines on, some topics to talk about and we would get together and I remember we were I remember our very first episode actually we recorded on I think we were using oh guy what's it called it's a it's an open source audio editor uh, audacity is what oh, it's I'm still using that, that. <laughs> I, I just remember we were using audacity we, we didn't really know what we were doing and I remember I think we had our settings set wrong like our um uh sample rate i think one of us had it to like 44,100 hertz and one of us had 48,000 and i remember throughout the course of the videos i was going through listening to it kind of editing other things you know editing out some of our our outtakes 
I remember <laughs> it was pretty funny because all the, the timing kept getting off and I couldn't figure out why because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I just remember that being one of the funniest things was that the audio was out of sync and it was driving me crazy. And then the other thing I, I remember or in the first episode was there was an echo. Uh-huh. And I, I think it was because I didn't have headphones on, and I think I was just listening to the audio through speakers. And I, I just remember thinking it was it was one of those things where it was just you know when I think back about it, it's funny now because um, we we've really we really learned a lot, you know, and figured out kind of what how to do this after a while. Yeah, yeah, I was audio. I was like. I had been on a lot of magic podcasts. Maybe you were also on the magic podcast at that point, Brennan, mm-hmm. in 2014. But oh, yeah. I sort of had never been responsible for one. So, and you seem to know what you're doing, Kevin. So I was like, Kevin, do good things. <laughs> <laughs> and you had done the video intro, Kevin, for for the YouTube videos for Final History, right? That was yeah, how we met, yeah. wasn't it? I think, well, actually, how we met was was because of uh, Magic Gathering Strat, the YouTube channel. I remember yeah. I, I watched some of your videos, and I think in one of them you just mentioned, hey, I'm looking for people to make videos if, if you're interested. And I, I was like, well, yeah, I'm interested. And I, I remember back then it was, you know, I, I kind of had very little idea of how to do that. I mean, I knew what the final product should look like, but how to get from you know, recording a video and doing audio and playing magic and doing these things together and getting them to, you know, the the process to get it from, you know, raw materials to a final product. I kind of didn't really have an idea, but I thought, you know, I can I can figure this out. It can't be that tough. So I said, yeah, I'm interested in doing some videos. So I did some videos. And after a while, I got I got pretty, pretty good at creating pretty basic videos. And now it's funny because that was, you know, 2014, 2015. I look back at kind of the th- at the things I had produced, and they were fine. They were raw, and they weren't really polished. And then today, I look at things like you see on Twitch with with some of the streamers. Oh I mean, gosh. that stuff's crazy. That's almost <laughs> you know I've seen I've seen a lot of YouTube channels now that are almost television value production value, yeah. and I, I, so I think it's interesting. And I I don't think that YouTube is really the space for that television production stuff. I, I think they're t- you know the stuff that's produced like television. I just don't think it's. I, I don't think people come to YouTube for that television viewing experience. Oh. But I, I just think it's fascinating that the way that YouTube has sort of evolved from this kind of raw thing to a polished thing, but it's still formatted in the same way, which I, I think is interesting. That's sort of my view of the evolution of you know the YouTube videos, but. Actually, when I when I started doing my first Magic Gathering Strat video, I had zero experience doing um, any kind of video or audio or a- any kind of screencasting, anything like that. And luckily, I was able to. Uh, I, I had a, a license for Adobe Creative Cloud, so I had all the I had all the professional grade software, uh, but I had no clue how to use it. I thought it was a really good opportunity to do that. So that was kind of how I think that that was how we met. That's how I kind of went off on a tangent, but that's how we I kind of got into it. Magic Gathering Strat was definitely the breeding ground for the Final History project. Oh, no, no, no <laughs> question about that. <laughs> so we did seven episodes back in, I think we did the first ones in 2014. But I don't think they were published until 2015. I'll, the official date for episode one is January the 14th, 2015. 
But I think that is a lie that we actually published it before that. Because it has been republished. Ah, uh, yeah. So we started yeah. at uh, this, create, this narrative idea of chronological history. And it was all based on the YouTube show. So we know what we were talking about. Uh, do you remember anything particular about the first seven episodes, Kevin? I, I do, actually. I, I remember, well, there were, there were a few things that I, that I remember that I really liked about it. That, that was a lot of fun to do was when we were talking about uh, astronauts fall the second, how he was kind of, he was coming. And I just remember there was a lot of foreshadowing and I just remember that being so much fun to kind of tease this, this upcoming character in this, you know, in our narrative that's coming. I, I, I just had a lot of fun with that. Cause I, I remember I did some, some voice effects and we did some, I remember we did some, I read some monologues from him and, it was really interesting. Well, he's my favorite character of the entire show. And I've actually put him into one of my true crime podcasts uh, because he was a criminal, of course, <laughs> uh, as the Lord of Massacres. So, so I made an episode in, a, in my mass murder Swedish podcast. He is one of the mass murders, all based on the final history scripts. Oh, very cool. Anything else from episode one to seven? Uh, well, I had... Um... I, I think that that was really my my favorite character, and I think the uh, the eight seventies were definitely my my favorite episode. I think, and that that was when that astronaut Paul was was going on his uh, his massacre and and you know trying to take over the world successfully, <laughs> and you know he had a lot of success. It was great, and, and that that I think was my favorite. That was that was my favorite uh, of the episodes. Uh, just to clarify for the listener, you were involved in a lot more than the first seven episodes because you were also involved in every video for the YouTube channel. How far did that go? What, which was your the last video you were part of? Gosh, I remember. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't were remember you that. part of Shalmaneser the Third? I believe I was. I think I at that point I was just doing editing. Yeah, um, you made the and, music and I, videos, right? For that's right i did do that i, I really yeah. enjoyed the uh, i uh, what was the, the warrior song i really like that one that was a good one yes if you haven't seen the ashenasipal and chalmaneser the third music videos check out the final history youtube channel those were great i i still have them on my youtube playlist <laughs> when i play <laughs> magic we did a more recent one uh, on the youtube channel as well for um Oh, for the fall of the Assyrian Empire. That's a spoiler for the podcast because we haven't gone there. Anything else you would like to add about the beginning, Kevin? No, I, I think that's it. That's it for right now. <laughs> we for we were time. pretty, we like, uh, I, I don't know how fast we made those first seven episodes, but there were a lot of time between them, I think. And then, uh, then uh, you, you quit. I, I can't remember why now. Uh, I just had a lot of other a, a lot of other obligations. I had uh, you know I was I had been working at the same same job for you know almost ten years, and I was about to leave. And when I got my new job, uh, it was a lot more demanding, and it, you know it's a lot more interesting, a lot more rewarding too. But I just had a, a lot of different things pulling pulling my attention in all sorts of different directions, and unfortunately, a uh, fan of history is one of those things where, you know, it it wasn't my you know I had to. Really focus more on my family and my 
you know, job that pays the bills and things like that. And that was kind of why I had to step away from fan of history. I'd like to give you a, a huge thank you for getting this project started because I had no idea what I was getting into. And it led to today I'm managing 14 podcasts, uh, 12 of which are in Swedish. And this is the eighth biggest one, I think. So, uh, and I, one of them has 100,000 listeners. And uh, I make my living at all doing podcasts. <laughs> That's, it's a long way from the, the beautiful year of 2014. That's amazing. But when you left, Kevin, yeah. I turned to my go-to guy for everything. Brennan. Yes. That's me. Yes. And we were doing a lot of things at the time. Oh, my gosh. We, we, we were really trying to throw things against the wall to see what stuck. That, that's uh, what I kept doing afterwards. I mean, yeah, something's yeah. actually stuck. <laughs> that, that, that's incredible. <laughs> we, uh, oh gosh, I was just looking through the scripts. The earliest one I still have is the one for the early Neo-Assyrian Empire. That was in August of 2015, episode 20. Oh, I think I have all the scripts, actually. Oh, yeah, that... They need to be kept in a sealed container for, <laughs> for posterity. Actually, I have a backup uh, disk with all the scripts and all the PowerPoints for the YouTube show as well. That's good thinking. But we, we were doing podcasting already. Uh, yes. In, uh, I think episode eight was published in March 2015. That was your first episode. Ah, okay. And uh, But yeah, at that, the time we were right. doing two different podcasts, I think. Yeah, magic. We had. Um, were we on Chris's still at the time? I can't remember. We uh, we had our own. We had the um, Popper podcast, which is probably irrelevant to people on listening to the history. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> magic, magic Gathering is a card game where you uh, play cards, and it's like fantasy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's right. It, it, it was a fun game. Um, but yeah, we were doing stuff for that. Uh, just like what Kevin said, we uh, met on the YouTube channel, started doing things for that. And um, it just sort of, yeah, you're we like, hey, I need somebody. And I was like, well, I like history, too. And uh, we just started meeting regularly and doing all these scripts. Um, this was kind of crazy. We were doing the standard Popper show or the Magic Gatting yeah. podcast uh, every week. Yep. I, got, I got up at six in the morning, and today I forced all you guys to get up early in the morning. You're right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, and then we were doing Puppets of People with Chris. Yep. And then we were doing this as well every other week. A very hectic. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot of work, but it was enjoyable. I think we finally got the process down for collecting audio. <laughs> Barely. I think. Yeah. Just. My gosh, audio is the. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What do you want to call it? The, the bane of all video and audio, even audio production. Just getting everybody synced up. I, I just remember so many times, like... I know one episode we did entirely and then immediately had to redo the entire episode. Do you remember which one it was? Oh my gosh. I do not. I think it was episode 30. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we, we realized that the audio was gone and, you know, and for me it was, it was about 1230 at night. You know, Dan had been up since like five in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, Dan, I have some really bad news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had forgotten about that, but now I remember it. Yeah, it was uh, it was heartbreaking. You, you do but... have a very distinct honor among my co-hosts for all podcasts. I've been doing about a thousand podcast episodes now, I think. Oh, wow. For all these podcasts, there's the 14 I'm running now, plus another eight that have been canceled, and I've been a guest in like 10 more. Sure. But you are by far the person I podcasted with the most. I think we did 200 episodes together. Wow. I never I never counted them all together. That's amazing. Did we ever <laughs> reach 100 episodes on... Because we, we started renumbering them. The Standard Pauper Show. Right. And the, um, I think that ended before episode 100. Yeah, I think it did because instead of celebrating that, we ended up celebrating like 1 million views on the channel instead like we never had we never had the 100th episode so you know celebratory uh, event and I, I think that was why i chose to do one for the like one million views uh -huh. <laughs> what's funny is I'll, I'll tell you what all this spawned from is um my kids basically don't really recall a time where i wasn't doing you know something with either magic or a uh, fan of history which I find interesting. And my son now has his own little YouTube channel. It's only got like, you know, 25, 30 subscribers. But boy, does he take it seriously. I had XSplit. Uh, I had paid for XSplit specifically for making uh, magic videos and then this podcast. And I still have paid for that subscription ever since then because my son has taken up the, the banner and uh, makes his own videos for his own little... Him and his friends get together and they make little videos and put them out on YouTube. And I, I find that very interesting that that's just an accepted, like, way of existence now. You know, some, you know, back in the day, you know, maybe I played baseball and my son would, you know, start playing baseball. But nope, it's making podcasts and or <laughs> YouTube videos is what I have passed down. <laughs> Do you want to shout out his channel so fan of histories can harass him? Oh, sure. It's called Colin Dimensions. Go subscribe. Yeah. He, he would love any amount of views because 
He had one video that hit 57 views, and he was ecstatic. <laughs> Still, if you had like 57 kids in one room, that would be a big room full of kids, right? Exactly. That would be huge. <laughs> That's what it's like. Not to get all historical and stuff, but it's kind of like the invention of the alphabet made it easier for people to write. Now the invention of YouTube makes – you know, just anybody can make a video. It used to have to have a whole production. Sure. No, that, right? that's so now you're gonna have all these. Maybe historians will look back a long time, and you'll be, all this information will be out there. Yeah, wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, let's say 100, 200 years from now, people talk about um, retrieving information from the YouTube archive? Right. <laughs> Just they trying to, to. They have to watch like <laughs> a million kitten videos. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, it lost its index, and now it's just all in alphabetical order. <laughs> and then maybe the only thing that will be known about the Assyrian Empire will be fan of history, so we'll be famous. Oh, no. But, Brennan, you were around for almost three years on Final History. Yeah, um, I believe so. From just about from 2015... Or the end of 2014, all the way through 2017, yeah. And we published the History of Brennan, episode 71, yep, on did. Uh, November 22nd, 2017. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did a genetic test, and we just went through and learned all about me through my genetic history. Found out I'm 3% Swedish. And that was <laughs> right before the big... Uh, murder solutions because of these uh, ancestry DNA sites that happened in 2018. So we had uh, uh, the Golden State Killer was captured in 2018. Um, that was someone I had made 10 episodes about. Uh, by, by 2017, the Serial Killer podcast was already huge. So this was actually a very good video for introducing that concept. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, we found out I found out just all kinds of stuff. Found out that my family is super cheap and no other member of my family has taken a genetic test. Didn't show up on any of the major ones. <laughs> so that was interesting. Even if no one else in your family takes a genetic test, if they need to solve any crimes using your DNA, they can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the option to solve crimes by uh, ancestral DNA or by Ancestor DNA has changed. The uh, free database has now, uh, you have to opt in to to actually use your DNA in crime solutions oh. in the US. So 2018 was a golden age for that, but it's not possible to the same extent anymore. Mm. That makes sense. It's kind of a, it's an unwarranted invasion. <laughs> So <laughs> I think we you quit the show at with a very dramatic event, the destruction of Sennacherib, back yeah. in episode seventy. That's the one. That was uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. We did a lot of voice work in our time together. <laughs> lots of uh, <laughs> lots of different voices used. That was that was actually kind of cool. When I would try to do an Assyrian voice, I didn't just you know. I didn't want to make one up that might come off as, you know, insensitive. So I'd actually watch Egyptian and other Middle East region news, podcast news, like actually newsreels, and try to mimic, you know, 
some sort of this, some sort of a similar you know cadence and whatnot. So I wasn't doing anything. Well, I, I hope it didn't come off as <laughs> as as being rude. I've had a lot of complaints on this podcast, but that was not one of them. This is actually my <laughs> awesome. most uh, hated podcast. Oh uh, yeah, of all the podcasts I ever made. Well, we were we were. It was high heresy, some of the stuff we were saying, so I can imagine. <laughs> yes, I still receive hate messages on the YouTube channel, especially. Really? Yeah, because when you talk about these biblical times, it's, yeah. people have very strong beliefs. Yeah, I bet. I think we've done a pretty good job being sensitive, but then, we, of course, we have to talk about what what's actually there in archaeology and in the... In the written record. All right. We have to go by what is known, not what is felt. And even though I do a podcast about the unsold murder of the Swedish prime minister in 1986, the biggest unsold murder in the world, which attracts a lot of lunatics, I still receive more hate for fan of history. <laughs> People want to believe what they believe, and anything that goes against that must be rallied against. Where, where does the hate come from? Like, it comes to you get emailed, or they post it somewhere? Uh, most of that, uh, most of that is YouTube comments. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, um, and they come from all different sources. It's very interesting. After episode seventy-one, I was focused on other podcasts, and I was like, no, I won't let fan of history die. Mm-hmm. One option I had was that I was launching launching this mass murder podcast in Swedish. So I figured, well, some of these cases will be political mass murder. So mm-hmm. I could use Sachin Asipalder. Maybe I could do, I could just translate the scripts I had and keep on with Fano history. But I had a better option. I had uh, timeline scripts. So uh, suddenly this, episode, this podcast became like many of my other podcasts. It's just me sitting there talking. And that was for episode 72. And it went on till... I used all the scripts I had to episode 83, and then I was like, oh no, now this thing is going to die. But <laughs> then, and then I brought in Alba to talk about the earliest complaint letter in history. I brought on David. David was, uh, or still is, one of my best scriptwriters for the murder podcast. But he was taking a class on Suetonius. So we did the Suetonius episodes, and then it was almost one and a half years uh, after you left, Brennan, that I found wow. Bernie. Hey. Found me right in Scranton, Pennsylvania. What do you remember <laughs> this, Bernie? How did I manage to get you to come onto the show? Oh, I do remember. I was, um, I found the podcast, actually, from those scripts you were reading, the real old prehistory stuff. Yeah. I had I was going through some issues and you know I was like I couldn't sleep so I was I love history podcasts and then I found yours and that was I like that era that really old stuff so I was listening to that and um, I would listen to it all the time and then the one time you said I guess like you did before that's probably a good plan you know you said you were looking for someone to help you with scripts and co-hosts and um, so I said I always kind of wanted to do that I mean I'm, I do have a degree in history so. I remember I reached out to you on Facebook, and you said, okay. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and I am so thankful for that. 
I mean, it's mutual because I enjoy it. I mean, you should see all the women I meet now that I tell them I'm a history podcaster. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's just like crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I do. I have to beat them off. I can't let, don't let anybody know where I live, you know? They'll try to find me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was great. I thought – and I so – I. As you can tell, I stutter and stammer. I don't have the best broadcast voice like you guys, but I always like to do it. I did have a little Wayne's World show. A friend of mine had a, she had a, well, I met her at an event and she did um, like a community TV show. So I used to do that. We used to do the, be the interviewer. It's actually funny. Oh, the first, I make, cool. I also make board games. I used to anyway. So make like Monopoly games and things like that. So hmm. I would try to get PR for myself. And I met her at a thing, and she said, oh, I said, yeah, I'll come on your show. That'll be good. You know, help me promote this thing I was doing. And then she said, um, oh, you could be the host, too. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so then I said, you need hosts? And she said, yeah. So I started hosting that. So I just, you know, for fun. And then um, when Dan was looking for somebody, I said, I'll give it a shot. And I, I thought the funniest thing was, uh, like, a couple of days before we actually recorded, he said, and uh, you have to edit it, too. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like Dan. <laughs> Edit it. I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> but, you know, I figured it out. You sure did. Yeah. I still haven't figured out, and I'm glad you got the Skype recorder, is I still haven't figured out how to take the two voices and merge them. So I have a, luckily I have found somebody. But just so cool about this whole, the word, the way the world is, the guy that does it for me, his name is Dane, and he's in, he's in Serbia. And I send it. To, I send them to him, and he merges them for me. So Final History travels the world over it the sure Atlantic does. to you, and then back. Yep. I think uh, the only episodes I've edited uh, not very well were the uh, timeline episodes, but I will edit this episode. So if you think this episode is badly edited, it's my fault. Should I say a curse and test you? <laughs> <laughs> Bleep it out. Yeah. Oh, bleeping, that's probably easier to do than cutting. Oh, I've actually been forced to learn editing. I tried to resist for so long, but um, all the murder podcasts and stuff. I have two professional audio guys working with two of my podcasts, uh, and they've taught me a little. But now I sort of know too much. Yeah, that's what happens. When you know too much, then you can try to do it yourself. Yeah, so last um, yesterday I sat for three hours and edited something, and I was like, oh, I didn't have to do this earlier. Right. Okay, let's go back to the podcast. Uh, starting with you, Kevin, what was your your favorite moment in the podcast? Well, I, th I think my, my favorite moment was, well, it was really brief, and most people probably will listen to the episode and not even remember it happening. But for me... It's something that I've I've kind of always, it, you know, it just, when you said it, it just, you know, it was one of those things that just stuck with me. It was that at the beginning of one of the episodes, I remember you really briefly just mentioned, and it was, you know, in the 800s BC, we had, uh, we were talking about the pyramids in Egypt, the pyramids of Giza, and you had mentioned they were already old during this episode. And I just remember thinking, that's a great, and now, even today, when people say, oh, you know, when I talk to my my some of my friends or my acquaintances and I mention 
if it comes, you know, it comes up all the time because people are always asking, did you host a history podcast? And I was like, well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when that comes up, <laughs> when that comes up, you know, I always tell them they're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, that's interesting. And and that's sort of one of those things when people are like, I don't get it. I don't understand what's the big deal. They kind of it, it's hard for people to realize like there's something something that happened five years ago or 20 years ago. That's kind of easy to put in perspective. But things that happened, you know, 100 years ago, that's a little bit more difficult. And even like 200 years. And I see that a lot with a lot of people who, uh, especially in the United States, where people don't really understand the the time difference in from like the American Revolution till today. And and that's only, you know, a couple of hundred years. So when we go back thousands of years, it's really difficult for people to grasp that idea that just because something's old doesn't mean it's all, you know, the past isn't just the past when everything was the same. You know, everything's yeah. all new in the past and it's all old now. It's things were old in the past, too. <laughs> and I, I just I just remember that sticking with me. And that was kind of my favorite. It was like one sentence. And I just remember that's. Kind of that was the best way to put it all in perspective because it was it, it is ancient history you know that happened you know three thousand years ago almost uh, or we started three thousand years ago and I, I just think that's that's fascinating. That was one of the reasons I decided to do this format and I I've never wavered that we should cover time chronologically just decade by decade to see the passage of time and to get you mentioned that Bernie in the episode with uh, with history in the Bible that uh, this gives you the perspective. Right. I'm going to do an episode, hopefully, with a Swedish archaeologist that is working with uh, these times in Northern Europe, like 1000 to 500 BC. But it's all huge time spans. It's like you can only see trends. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to do this format to show the passage of time. Yeah, because, I mean, history is a story, and if you if you jump all over the place, it kind of ruins the story. Yeah. It's colored my murder podcast as well, because I always force the scriptwriters to tell everything chronologically. <laughs> so you can't, they can't jump around in the story. It has to be, like, a narrative and a strict timeline. Right, because the people that are living in the history while it's happening, they don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. You know, they don't. So it makes a big difference in how it's going to be. Brennan, what was your favorite moment? Favorite moment? I really enjoyed the episode, and I'm, I was looking, trying to look through the scripts to find it. It's the one we were talking about. It was the big celebration, and there was this huge list. It's like one of the, you know, one of the only surviving lists of. It's basically a shopping list or a grocery list. It's episode 16, The Greatest Party of All Time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The Greatest Party of All Time. Just going through that, and I remember talking about specifically looking through it and seeing that they, I think it was 10,000 Jerboa were on that. And I thought that that is the most absurd. Like, if, if you were a power-hungry, you know, mad ruler, and you just said, we're going to have a party – we're going to have 10,000 Jerboa. Like, Jerboa are tiny. There is not a chance that all 10,000 of whatever was served were actually all Jerboa. And just that, that to me, I, I, I loved that, that episode. I thought that was, that was hilarious. What's a Jerboa? It's a, it's a tiny little desert mouse. That, you know, you've probably oh. seen them. They jump. They have those really long back legs oh, okay. and big ears. 
Yeah, they, they, they can't weigh maybe an ounce, ounce and a half each. <laughs> I don't know what they were cooking to cook Draboa, but there you go. That, that was my favorite one. And I think the, my favorite series of episodes were the Olympics, when we talked about the Olympics. You know, we did the first episode about the first Olympics, and then we kind of kept, as we came through the time, and we, we would uh, talk about how the Olympics changed, you know, from just a foot race to, you know, doing different things. And I really, I really enjoyed, you know, the evolution of the Olympics. That was pretty cool. And I think my least favorite, even though Dan warned me, I felt ambushed every time he would quiz me <laughs> about, <laughs> about what had happened. <laughs> he ambushed you every time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no, Dan. <laughs> I got him yeah. back for you a recent episode because I said, I said something like, it was about Neko, right? And I said, and he was sent to Syria. And what happened to him, Dan? And he said he was never heard from again. I said, no, he may <laughs> talked himself out of it. <laughs> he was never heard from again. <laughs> but he was heard from again. I tricked him. <laughs> well played. And what was your favorite moment, Bernie? I mean, I said, I really so my favorite episode was the one we did. I think it was the six sixties, the episode two, because we put some music on there. That was pretty fun. I still think about when I was editing the one, because you know when you edit, you hear them over and over again. And it was you were telling me that you had a podcast or you were doing something about how many ways to kill Hitler. They try to kill Hitler. Uh, that was a Final History YouTube project that. Uh, oh yeah, right. Never got up on. Never got rolling. And you said there was all these different ways, and then he said. We had just been talking about how Sennacherib got died, and I said, you know how they should have did it? And you said, what? And I said, dropped a giant statue on him. <laughs> and you thought it was funny, and you laughed, so I like when I get a good laugh. So. <laughs> and then I heard it a million times as I was editing it, so I thought that was funny. There's a, there's a Netflix show, Love, Death, and Robots, and they do like 10 different ways that Hitler could die, and it's hysterical. So I see that, and it reminds me of that. So anyway... Oh, I have to watch that. Oh, it's hysterical. It's all different ways. It's like... I did a two-part series about Georg Elser, the guy who blew up the Brauburger Keller in Munich for the Swedish mass murder podcast because he killed eight people and he failed to kill Hitler. Ugh. But his intentions <laughs> were pure. So he now has like 70 streets in Germany named after him. Wow. Still a mass murder. Wow. <laughs> and that's another story. I think my, my favorite moment in the podcast was when Ashur the II killed people and made, like, minarets of heads and stuff. Oh, yeah. So crazy. So, But obviously I'm interested in uh, murders. He's also <laughs> my favorite historical person. It's your favorite historical person, Kevin, from the show. Definitely Ashur Nassipal II. Yeah. I think uh, it was one of those things. It was what I really liked. It, he was a great, you know, He's a interesting historical figure, but I think the way we told, uh, the way we led up to his his reign and told that story, I I enjoyed it a lot. I think there was a lot of uh, we created a good amount of suspense, and it was interesting. Not that's why he's my my favorite. I think he's very iconic for the Assyrian kings, except that nobody else was as cruel as him, except perhaps Ashurbanipal. But we'll come to that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Bremen? 
your favorite historical person in the show? I don't know if they were famous, but I liked it when we talked about TP3. I know we just shortened the name to TP3, but I just like saying TP3. <laughs> like he was, you know, just this rock star of, of history. But yeah, that was, that's probably my favorite one to talk about, but I, I just think it's, I have personal reasons, <laughs> not because they did anything that I find historically, you know, amazing above anyone else, but I, I did enjoy talking about TP3. So did I. Tiglath Pileser III was a yes. very important historical person, and a lot of innovations oh, yeah. of the later Persian and Roman empires can be attributed to him or to people working for him. So if you haven't heard that episode, you should definitely listen to it. Episode 52, The Greatest General. It's a, it's a great episode, great historical figure. But, uh, yep, that's awesome. Oh, I have a correction. I just did a quick search on... PowerPoints, and we did 113 magic podcasts. Oh my god! Yeah, I should mention that this is uh, this is the third podcast I know that I have done 100 episodes with, and I've celebrated 100 episodes like this. So I invite all the people involved and talk about the podcast. So I'm so glad, happy that you all could make it. Yep, it was a, uh, it's awesome. I, uh, I'm, I'm really glad it, it continued. I know it was kind of, we were kind of petering out. I think it was a Patreon thing at the time when uh, you and I kind of uh, just went to uh, after episode 71. I think this uh, this illustrates very clearly why this podcast has survived, because we never reached our goals on Patreon. But we enjoyed doing this. We just kept doing it. <laughs> and that's why, why the podcast is still there. Yeah, I, I made actually a lot of contacts with other uh, history people on Twitter when we were doing ours, and I'm still I still chat with them today. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, especially the uh, the uh, what's it called? They're linguists, uh, the endless knot. Yeah, they're uh, they're good people. Great podcast. It is. If you like words. And discovering how all words, you know, lead into how we talk about them today. And Endless Knot is truly an, it's an endless podcast to uh, get involved with. Because, like, it'll, it'll, they take you from the very, you know, the earliest definite, you know, the earliest usage of, of a word and bring it forth to today. And it's, it's fascinating. Looks like the Endless Knot is still a uh, Patreon sponsor of the podcast. Thank you, Endless Knot. Yeah, they, they're, they're great. What's your favorite historical person? We talked about Bernie. That's hard for me to say a favorite anything, so I'm, I'm just like, why are you hijacking me with that? I've been trying to think about it, so I'm going to say, <laughs> I'll say, well, I'll say Neko, just because he went to Nineveh and was heard from again. He actually went back with a new ring and everything. Oh, that was <laughs> pretty cool. A slick him. talker. <laughs> He even got a new ring and he got some new necklaces and everything. And he was about to. And the other guy lost his head. And he, he made it back. That's amazing. It is. It really is. I do like the. I don't. I just don't know enough about him because it's hard for me to find the information on Guan Zong. He's the guy that almost got pickled, and then 
He, he survived <laughs> that pickling. I guess I like people who talk themselves out of getting killed. And that was a hard thing to do in the ancient world. Yeah, right? Nobody talked their sem- themselves out of the way of getting killed by Ashurnasipal II. No. So we know Brennan's favorite episode, but uh, what about you, Kevin? My favorite episode was probably, it was between two episodes. It was the 870s part one and the 870s part two. I liked them both because that was when Astronaut Paul was doing his thing. Yep. And, or when he started doing his thing, at least. I liked the second one, the part two. And the reason I liked it was Astronaut Paul had built himself a an image and he showed up to, you know, a settlement. And I remember, I, I can't remember the name, but I remember the people there were mostly like intellectuals and they went and they, they bowed to him and they begged him and they said, you know, Oh, we, we uh, submit to you, you know, and uh, basically said, you're a God to us. And he let him live. And I, I just remember thinking that is, that is one of those things where, you know, people were come when the Assyrians were coming and the people were like, what are we going to do? And they found a way to, to stay alive. And I, I just think that was kind of a neat, uh, kind of a neat thing. I'm guessing that was Karkemish. I think so. Probably in episode 17 or 18 of the podcast. So what was your favorite episode, Bernie? I think I liked when when I figured out that they must have shot a lot of arrows. I'm still fixated on how many freaking arrows they had to shoot in these wars in those days. And just thinking like, you know, I was did so much research trying to figure out what these battles would look like. And, with, you know, we, everybody shoots guns today, so we must think they must shoot a lot of bow and arrows. But they would have to shoot millions and millions of arrows. And I'm still fascinated by the just the sheer number of the logistics of shooting arrows off like that. So that was in the 660s, I think. Yeah. That was episode 96, What's With All yeah. the Arrows. And it's just like, just every, you know, you just realize, I think, every time you got to go to battle, you got to make sure you collect up a lot of arrows. Yep. You have to make a lot of arrows to go to war, which is why they probably, you know, don't just keep going to war. They do go to war a lot, but they, you know, they have to. I, th- I think that's maybe why. Like, why do you keep attacking the Assyrians? Well, they just went to war over there, so maybe they're out of arrows. Let's give it another shot. Didn't seem to work, but I guess the Assyrians are good at making lots of arrows. It will start to work in the six tons, but we'll get to that. <laughs> That's right. They ran out of arrows. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, what they had. They had arrows for 300 years, but not for 300 years. That's it. One year. all gone. If, you, if you want to go back in a time machine and say, how could you beat them? Just burn down their arrows like man trees or whatever and be like boom that's it they're screwed <laughs> oh man anything else you'd like to talk about today Anybody? grateful for you guys for starting this and for getting to do this because i've my like i said i went to school for history and i just mess around reading different history things whatever my interests are and i don't have any history papers to write anymore so being having to write these scripts and get prepared for this with a focus i i really i enjoy it, it gives me purpose in life Oh, that's awesome. I really enjoyed really enjoyed doing it. I had, especially towards the later episodes, I had pretty much lost interest in doing Magic the Gathering stuff. And I, I would, didn't want to stop doing, you know, something with Dan. Because, you know, Dan's awesome. Dan is and, awesome. Uh, and, yeah, so uh, I, I was 
I was thankful that through all this stuff, I got to know Dan really well. Um, at some point, I swear I'm going to get somewhere close in Europe, and then maybe we can meet up. We were close once. I was supposed we were talking about me going to to Texas, but it never happened. And now we are in these strange times. Yeah, I, I hope this passes. And uh, like I said, if it does, because the, the interesting thing is, the company I work for, we have an office in Germany. And if I ever go there, I'm going to stay through the weekend and make it up <laughs> to see you, I swear. Oh, you're most welcome. It goes for all of you. Yeah, and you did here if anybody wants to see where they've made the, the setting of the office, Scranton, PA, you're welcome to come here, too. <laughs> oh, you're in Scranton. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll give oh, you the cool. tour. Ten-minute tour. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Europe this year. I was supposed to run with the Bulls this year, actually. Oh, yeah, oh, you goodness. were. Yeah, I had a, we had to cancel that. Yeah. Because the Bulls have SARS-CoV-2. They do. They do. If you get real, you have to stay six feet from a. I was planning on staying six feet from the bull anyway. Maybe a little further. As far as possible. Bend, right. It's just awesome. like a bucket list thing, you know? I want to just give it a shot. Sure. That was in Zaragoza, and they said they actually have a running of the bulls there, but it's not as famous as Pamplona. Yeah, apparently. I was, you know, studying the videos and stuff, different places, when they, they do have them all over. Some of the places, they're even crazier. They like. They tie the bulls up, and then they provoke them. Oh, my gosh. And the people are getting clobbered by bulls, and then they get up and laugh. It's like, what? That's after a lot of drinking. <laughs> you got to be, right? And we will, of course, publish videos of Bernie running with the bulls. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, Bernie would... had a boxing match. May as well run get me getting clobbered by a bull. Too. Yeah, the video will be named, This is Why You're Not Getting Podcast Episodes. Just <laughs> Bernie just running. Ah. The last we ever saw of Bernie. <laughs> and he was never heard from again. <laughs> you can't talk yourself out of that. No. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So uh, looking forward now, we I think we are doing episodes now every three weeks, and I, I'm trying to push Bernie into doing them every other week. Yes. And we might reach that again. I hope so. We have a couple of interesting episodes coming up. We're doing the 650s, and I'm doing yep. that archaeology thing, recording next week, actually. That will probably be episode 101. And uh, you had some ideas, Bernie, as well? Yeah, and I think I think when in the six four, so I have the six fifties. We'll get a few episodes out of that. I just got a little behind, and so that we're recording that next week, but it's just about done. I think um, in the six forties is when Deuteronomy was discovered in air quotes under, in the temple. So it's maybe get Gary from history in the Bible to do something with that again, and then yeah, for special episodes, I thought maybe things like some of these lost civilizations, some of the things that are. And then some of the, you know, like the, the BS stuff that people make up about history that don't really know about history, sort of debunk <laughs> those kind of things. You know, like aliens built the pyramids. That sounds good. That, cause that stuff does aggravate me. That's the kind of thing like, you know, if you're a scientist and then somebody comes in and thinks they know about science, it's the same thing about history. You know a lot about history. And then someone comes in, see, how could, the, how could some Egyptian build that build those pyramids? Well, why would an alien come, you know, from like another solar system and how far away and then build something out of rocks? I mean, right. That doesn't you know, make sense. You know what this planet needs? Yeah. Rock. 
Yeah, More exactly. rocks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so we traveled from another galaxy to build you a place made of rock. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. To me, it's so insulting to humanity, you know? It's just like, I think if people didn't sit around and watch TV all the time. They had they could make, you know, they made cool stuff. Right. You know, for we, we haven't gotten, we have better tools today, but it's not like, you know, we were idiots back exactly. then. <laughs> exactly. Just, they laid the foundation for where we are. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, know. I, I agree. That is that is very irritating. When, especially when people start trying to quote ridiculousness as fact. Right. Like that dude on the History Channel. It's like, oh, oh please, please right. stop. <laughs> right. You have a degree from. I think he has a degree in sports medicine or something, and he's you know. <laughs> And he is, every time his hair gets a little bit puffier, and he just keeps making up nonsense. I mean, I can make up nonsense, and people will like it, but... <laughs> right. That, that has no bearing on fact. <laughs> right. The thing that irritates me the most are those uh, people that write really good books that really looks like real science. And then you read them, and you get all excited, and then you discover that they are, they are charlatans. Right. <sighs> The yeah. Chinese uh, traveling around, doing the whole uh, lap around the world, that they traveled the whole planet in the 15th century AD, and I was like, "Oh, this this is so cool!" But they only got to uh, Somalia when I looked into it further, right? Which was quite an achievement, but uh, they didn't circumnavigate the world, right? The achievement itself was good. That's why you have to make it more, more, and then exactly. So those are the worst because you don't see that they're crazy until you get really deep into it. So yeah, maybe we'll do some of that stuff, debunking those things. I love that. But then, but then you know, make not being like, oh, see that the pyramids are boring. Pyramids are super cool. They're just not built by aliens. Yeah, exactly. They are an awesome achievement. You know, people built and and also the. I'm tired of the the narrative of you know harping on the pyramids now. You know that it was all slave labor that built the pyramids. It's like uh, these people were highly skilled and paid. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't know where I don't know who this narrative serves, but you know that there were cities built around this. You know it's this huge economy. Yeah, I do have a theory that it was sort of like. When people's farms started doing better and they had more, you know, they didn't need as many people working on the farm and doing different things. I think you had a lot of people that just were maybe idle. And then they said, let's put rocks on top of each other. That'll keep everybody going. But I know they, they paid them in beer. So that was a way to go and get your beer when you're, you know, when the farm was kind of closed. Yeah. I don't think it was like conscious to say, oh, we got to put rocks on top of rocks. But it sort of worked out that way. I want to taste that uh, pyramid building beer. Because we, we know the work schedule. They had like 10-day work weeks. They got the 10th day off. But one guy got the ninth day off because he was brewing the beer. So that's some pretty bad beer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> one guy brewed it the day before. It's like, uh... There's an episode of Endless Knot where they went to a convention and I believe they had that... Well, it would just be a mash. I don't know if beer's beer's generous... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but just the, the part of you when you start it, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, they talked about they talked about that in that 
and Endless Not Podcast, and they they tasted it. And so uh, it probably wasn't even alcohol, right? It was just maybe it was just, even the Egyptians. I mean, it's just like a just the mash part. No, I th- I think it because they use the same barrels or whatnot. There it was alcoholic, but it was okay. Not great. I think one theory was that. Uh, we actually don't know uh, if bread came before beer because all the earliest archaeological remains of bakeries always have a brewery next door. Oh. So maybe uh, people settled down and did agriculture because of beer and not because of bread. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you need water. You need fresh, water, clean water. That's important. You could probably eat whatever you could find, but your water. Yeah. You got to drink all day, every day. You got to be drinking, and if your water's bad, you're done. And the brewing yep. process is uh, sort of a good way of getting the water clean. Exactly. As I understand mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. why they gave nuns uh, a lot of beer during the Middle Ages, because they were sure it was clean. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for coming on to the show today, and to both our returning co hosts, Kevin and uh-huh. Brennan. Yeah, thanks. Problem. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks. Well, it's good to meet you too. Amazing to have you back. And now we have to force Bernie to create more scripts. Yes, I will <laughs> keep doing them. I know. I was the other one day. I woke up and I was like, "Oh my God, I have a history paper due tomorrow, and I'm not ready." Dan said, "Oh, you can do it. I will give you another week." <laughs> <laughs> I do go down rabbit holes though, and I, I'll, I'll just keep finding things, and then I can, I'm not sure if I want to say it, you know. So then I keep looking and looking and looking, and next thing you know, you've been down a rabbit hole for a couple of days. I love that. We love the details. Good. <laughs> That's the other thing. I do try to find the more obscure things because the big stories everybody knows and they've been beaten to death. But if I find something weird, I, I like to be, like bring that up. Well, we we will be getting to the stories that people know when we get into the fifth century BC. Right. But we're still pretty far from that. Yeah. And at some point, the the format will break down, but we'll deal with that later. We are doing decade by decade still. Yes. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Do you oh, want sure. to uh, tell the uh, listeners any links or something? Uh, anything you want to promote? Well, I would promote my daughter. She's Her name is Lily Mayo, Lily M-A-O. So my name is Maya Polsky, but she's cut that off, obviously. But she's a musician. We had one of her songs in one of our episodes. She's um, she quarantined with me now because she lives in Brooklyn. But um, she's a pretty good uh, singer and guitar player, and she has... YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, iTunes, all that. Lily M.A.O. Yeah, she's really good. Who did her videos? Uh, she has different people do them for her, yeah, because she lives in New York, so she has there she has good peeps. Look, the super professional, the videos. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't, like, mess around. She makes, when she does it, she does it right. She recorded a record in Colorado. She flew out there, and she had somebody do that for her, and she, she always does it the right way. She works, and she pays her money for it, you know, so she does it. Wow. We're also promoting Brennan's son's uh, YouTube channel. That's right. Uh, Colin Dimensions, C-O-L-I-N, and then Dimensions. Please go there and subscribe. We'll put the link in the show notes. Perfect. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Kevin, anything you'd like to promote? No, I I don't have anything to promote uh, right now. I'll put a link to your Modern Lands video. No, I won't. (laughs) You know, I think that was still my most popular video. I think it's one of the most popular videos of the 7,000 videos on Magic Gathering Strat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, be, it beat out my goats video. I apologize to the listener for all the magic talk, but yeah. that's sort of where we came from. It is. 
You won't have to deal with that in future episodes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Magic Gathering Strat is doing, uh, it's being neglected right now. So if anyone wants to make Magic videos, I have a channel with 7,000 subscribers <laughs> that would like some videos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everybody. No problem. Thank you. Thank Super nice to talk to you again. Yeah, it was great. It's good hearing from you. Yeah, it was really good to talk to you, Dan. Speak to you guys later. All right, yeah. Have a good day to the rest of you guys. Be good. Bye. Bye. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.